With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to tell you where I am. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I don't know. If you have Verizon, I already know where you are. <laughs> no, actually, uh, yeah, well, it wouldn't matter where I was. Uh, you know, it, they'd be listening to me anyway. So, you know, you, you saw that you saw that beautiful thing that the, that it's floating around now where it says that, you know, if you've had trouble reaching uh, the president, you've tried to contact the president and can't, uh, don't worry about it anymore, just uh, get Verizon and uh, and just send a text message saying, you know, and they mentioned the key words, the flag words that they look for, and they said you'll automatically be connected to someone who will listen to you. <laughs> I, I can only imagine what those flag words would be. Oh, little words like uh, tea party, uh, president, you know, common everyday words. <laughs> right. So, David, I uh, you host the David Bowers Awards on Sunday afternoons. Uh, now, I hear that you had quite the show yesterday. Tell me about it. I'll tell you, it was uh, it was a fun show. It was one of the, uh, you know, I. I try to be diplomatic and everything and because I, I love all my guests. I love the music, as you know, and uh, it's just every now and then one comes along that everything just seems to seems to click in that special way, and yesterday's show was that show. We had, uh, we had uh, uh, an upstate New York rock artist, uh, Frank Palangi, on, and our discussion with him automatically – uh, brought up subjects that we were able to carry forth. For example, he started talking about upcoming artists and how he's working with an upcoming artist whom we happen to use as our feature. We have a five minutes of fame feature where we introduce a you know a virtual unknown or at least an artist that isn't known outside of their own local area. And uh, we present at least one song by that person as well as a brief bio. Well, he brought along someone for that feature yesterday and his discussion led naturally into it because he started telling us how he works with this artist as a young, she's a 16-year-old high school girl who has been singing for a few years and is just now getting to the point where she's developing a professional career. And that led to the next segment, which is my Rockstar 101 uh, segment that where we have Art, uh, not art, not necessarily artists, but people from the music industry. They can be uh, record company executives, promotion men, uh, all kinds of people we have on there who discuss what you have to do to make it in the music business, uh, which is kind of like you know free advice, free professional counseling for any of the uh, would-be acts that are up and coming that are listening to the show, and that led to our featured guest who is Rob Parisi, better known to millions of fans around the world as Wild Cherry, the group that gave us that uh, that wonderful classic, Play That Funky Music, White Boy. And uh, oh, okay. it, is, it is now, as a matter of fact, one of the facts that was brought up, a little factoid that was brought up in our discussion with Rob, is that was recently voted the number 73 most popular all-time song in the world. As far as radio play and requests and other people doing it, there have been uh, uh, countless versions of it out, including uh, including uh, pop jazz and uh, soft jazz versions. We played a version that uh, Rob did himself with uh, some studio professionals that he had on with him. Uh, he did a uh, an instrumental version, which was kind of a adult contemporary modern jazz version. Uh, really, really neat. And then we got to talk to Rob, who has a tremendous new record out, totally unlike anything he's ever done before. But the discussion with Rob 
was just one of those things where everything clicked. We got into his personal life. He's getting married next year to his longtime love, and their relationship is what gave him the idea for this song, but it was many years ago. This was back about 1997 or 98, and he wrote the song more because he was in love and it was a personal thing than with any thought of it ever becoming a single, a release, a record. He's got new promotion people, and they heard it when they were going through his library, and they said, man, you got to do this. you got to release this as a single. He did. It's been uh, one of the top ads in the country on radio stations across the country for the last uh, six or seven weeks. It broke top 20 uh, adult contemporary this week, a thing called Right Beside You. And uh, it's it's really totally different than anything he's ever done. It's a really big, big sound, and uh, I personally love it. But uh, we get into that. We get, It went around. We discussed the origin of Wild Cherry and the, the very, very funny story of how that name came about. But it was one of those interviews that I, I just really proud of. It's one that I'll, I'll definitely keep for, uh, you know, my own personal Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Where can people? Uh, what's the easiest way to find that interview? Easiest way to listen to it. It is on archive at Blog Talk Radio and also on iTunes. Uh, you just uh, go in and search the David Bowers Awards, and. Uh, it's the show from uh, June 9th. It's 0609-213, so 6-9-2013, the David Bowers Awards on either Blog Talk Radio or iTunes, and you can catch the whole show. It actually ran a little bit over. It's Normally we go about 90 minutes, but uh, we went about an hour and 45 minutes or so yesterday. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, we got going so good, and I, I commented, yep, we're going to run out of time in about 30 seconds, but don't go away because it's my show, and I'll stay as long as I want to, and we did run <laughs> a little bit over. But it was it was one of those shows that, uh, you know, everything clicks. You just not only have a good time doing it, but it's interesting, I think, for the listener because we did uh, – Rob brought out some stuff that, uh, you know, most times you don't ever hear about because you'll talk about – the record and your career and things like that, but uh, he opened up on his personal life, as I said, and uh, the evolution of Wild Cherry, how it came about, and it was uh, it was just a fun show. We really, I really enjoyed doing it, and uh, so did my partner John Bon Jovial. Um, now, uh, this is not to be confused with the uh, John Bon Jovi. Who? The the rock star John Bon Jovi is a different guy, right? Rock star. Oh well, I didn't know someone copied my uh, my announcer's name, but uh, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> is that really that guy's name? Is it really John Bon Jovial? Uh, well, you know, I, did, I never asked him for uh, for ID. We have a we have a very <laughs> loose set of uh, guidelines as far as hiring. We're an equal opportunity employer for the show. We uh, nobody has any opportunity whatsoever. You come on the show, and uh, it's like my uh, my studio helper. My studio helper is also uh, our our token illegal alien, Fernando, and uh, we have a we have a uh, saying that on the radio. We um, <laughs> oh, are we on the radio? I, I, I thought Verizon phone. I thought this was pre. Uh, I thought this was pre-show prep. You mean we're actually in front of people right now? They're hearing me. Yeah, man, the band's playing and everything. 
Oh, my God, how could I be so stupid? Yeah, gee. Well, anyway, Fernando, he's he's pretty cool. We have an agreement. I don't pay him, and he doesn't talk on the show. He just, you know, he's there to do whatever we need. And uh, I see. But, uh, so, yeah, he was thinking he was thinking of running for office in this country uh, until I told him, of course, you know, that uh, we haven't we haven't allowed aliens to do that yet. You're supposed to be a citizen before you do that. And uh, he, he figured, you know, he figured he came up here. He wasn't doing anything except scarfing up, you know, some money and benefits. He figured he might just as well be a politician. So, you know, I, I think, you know, he might have a future in the business. I don't we've got to figure out a way to get him past that. Uh, you know, past that alien status, we haven't quite figured out all the uh, how to cut all the red tape yet. And there's that David Bauer cynicism that I love so much. Uh, so <laughs> there's uh, I see Harmonic Blue. I see you on the line. Hang tight, just one second, uh, David. I know what you're talking about about the when sometimes you have a show that everything clicks, but usually when I have those shows that I feel great afterwards, I've wildly offended somebody. <laughs> well, you know that's another thing we have. We try not to be offensive. Uh, we try not to, uh, you know, to get to gross anybody out or, or, or get really stupid. But by the same token, we also try not to, uh, not to hold back in any way. I mean, we don't censor. If something comes up and somebody slips and drops an f bomb or, or says a hell or a damn or something, hey, no big deal. It happens. I mean, let's face it. This is the real world. We're not trying to do a, uh, you know, we're not trying to paint it pretty or anything. I want to. We want to know what it's really like. Right. All right. Well, let's get on with the show, and then I want to I want to go back to some other stuff what you said later. But our first guests are a talented rock band out of College Park, who will be playing pianos in New York City, right where I am this Saturday, June fifteenth. Please welcome to the program Harmonic Blues. <laughs> I'm all right. So who have I got on the line now? You've got everyone on the line. Four of us. Oh, all four of you. Okay, great. So we we have Zach, Zach Field, Gabe Bustos, Anthony Ajluni, and Sam Balcom. Am I pronouncing those names right? Yep. Yeah, you got it, man. That was on. All right, cool. So um, now you guys are uh, – you've been together for a while – uh, you've known each other for a long time. Uh, a couple of you have known each other since grade school. Explain to me how uh, Harmonic Blue came to be. Um, okay, so basically, uh, this is Gabe here. Uh, basically, um, there were some ties that that like had older history before any, like any sort of music came into the picture. Uh, Anthony and Sam went to elementary school together. Anthony and I went to elementary school together. Um, and then, uh, so Anthony and and I uh, played some music in high school together. Anthony and Sam played some music in high school together. Then we went to college. I met Zach, freshman year of college. Zach and I started writing together. And then a couple years later, Anthony hopped on board and brought Sam along, and then that's what formed the group. Wow. So it sounds yeah, like everything so was all... Like, three of us have known each other for a long time, and then Zach's from Boston and came right into the picture and kind of brought everyone together over the music. Well, that's a good team you got there. Now, uh, Brightest Young Things uh, says that your live experience is an unhinged, gritty transformation. What does that mean? 
Well, it's just a, it's a lot more improvisation and, uh, you know, a little bit higher level of virtuosity than the recordings. So uh, the idea behind the recordings was that we wanted to have something that was uh, a really presentable uh, version of what the songwriting was. And live, we're looking to do, you know, just a little bit more entertainment, just a higher level of play, you know, more improvisation. Uh, you know, to, we ch- we try to switch things up so that way each show is a little different, and uh, hopefully people appreciate the fact that we're not just regurgitating the same material that you hear on the, on the album, but it's actually a, a whole new experience when you come to see us live. Yeah. Well, it's certainly no, new material. David. Yeah, I was going to say, I have not had the opportunity to hear these guys live. I have heard some of their music, thanks to uh, thanks to the, uh, some links that you sent me, Rye. And uh, I know I, I like the comment uh, that, uh, well, I like their statement of their uh, genre, because they, they classify it as rock, alternative rock, alt-rock, blues rock, adult contemporary, and folk rock, which I love, as anybody that knows me knows I love people that can think outside the box, can bend the rules, cross genres successfully, not just try to, you know, try to be a rock band that plays a country song or something like that, but somebody that can actually do the job. And I think it's uh, it's interesting that you also mentioned their brightest young things review because I picked uh, I picked a line out of that that uh, really struck me because in their in their music, I hear more than just what the you know more than just alternative rock, adult contemporary folk rock. I hear I hear some real solid strains of uh, what we call adult contemporary now, and also soft jazz. And yep. I really like the the way brightest jazz, uh, brightest young thing said in their review the complex layers of riffs, and I like that. I like the layering. And the fact that they show true musicianship, they're not just up there, you know, trying and experimenting with these different uh, genres or feelings or sensitivities. They're actually doing it and putting it together, making a finished product out of it. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much. That's really kind. (laughs) Yeah, um, so I I would say that David's spot on there. And uh, you guys mentioned that, you've known each other for a long time and you you're trying to get more and more improvisational when you play live. Do you think that the fact that a lot of you have known each other since you were kids, that that makes it easier to have this connection uh, on a musical level? Do you think your personal connection really adds to the musical connection? Well, I would, I mean, I would say honestly, I, so this is Zach speaking now. I, I haven't known, I, um, I didn't meet Sam until about, you know, two, two years ago. So I, I haven't known him, too long, and then obviously Gabe, I went to school with him, so I guess I've known him for a while, for five years, but it wasn't like I've known him since my, you know, grade school, and Anthony mm-hmm. did that for you. I feel like it's, it's really about that playing music for for a while with him, not necessarily knowing them, but that's, that's my angle. Maybe Anthony and Sam have, have something different going on. Yeah, I think that music is a different, it's its own language, so until you get comfortable uh, speaking that language to another person, there's always a, a process. Uh, that happens where you you get to learn an individual dialect of that language. So I think that uh, you know it's actually taken us a a, a while to uh, evolve in that sense with the improvisational stuff. But I think that you know certainly knowing each other for a long time has has helped that. I don't know if that has really facilitated it uh, in in any kind of way in terms of, of advancing it or giving us any kind of advantage. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it can there. 
And, and also, I, I just like, I mean, we're not, like, exactly, like, improvising entirely. I, you know, we do kind of have, like, you know, like, a set amount of time, and, like, we have to know the songs inside and out. We just kind of, like, go off a little bit, stray from the uh, the uh, polished structure of the um, recordings themselves. So we we do have some some uh, framework to work with, obviously, so that, that makes it a little right. bit. We're not, like, no. as, as, as in, you know, straight improv band or anything like that. Right. I would say there are equal elements of pop music as well as, and by pop I mean any kind of tradition that's like, you know, rock, blues, anything that's been on the radio in the last 50 years I would call pop music. But I would say there's equal parts of that tradition, equal parts uh, improvisational. So, you know, jazz music, uh, anything that, where it's not written on the spot. I think we try to draw equally from both traditions. Gotcha. So forgive me if I'm reading. I may have read this review wrong, but the I read that the Arizona Diamondbacks, so I'm not sure how a baseball team is, is an expert on this material, uh, they said that the record touches on many different musical ideas, which is unsurprising given the group's diverse list of favorite artists. Um, first off, is is that the baseball organization, the Arizona Diamondbacks? No, that's – okay, so, so – um... Basically, at at the school which Dave, I, and Anthony um, went to, there's a, a newspaper called the Diamondback. Um, uh-huh. That's at Maryland, so yeah, it's not it's not associated with the baseball team. But um, yeah. that would have been. And who yeah. who are your favorite artists? Well, we're really inspired by baseball. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you had to ask, Ryan. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean. There's a lot of stuff. I, I personally love blues, so I, I'm really into, like, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jimi Hendrix, you know, all of that stuff I love. But everyone comes from a different angle, which is why I think that the the end result is kind of this cross of genres. But I It's mean, an I'm amalgam, sure. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess some of the common denominators have been, like, Van Morrison, um, Steely Dan. I don't know. What do you guys What do you guys listen to right now? Beach Boys. Beach Boys, Beach Boys. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins, yeah, they're great. We've got, we're actually on tour right now, so we've been doing a lot of list, like music listening in the car, which has been really mm-hmm. phenomenal because we're starting to get this thing where it's like, oh, I, I hear where you're coming from on that one song, and because someone can say, like, oh, well, you know, check this out. Like, this is the song that I pulled this idea from for, you know, one of our tunes. So it's kind of good right. to hear where someone has, like, gotten their original inspiration from. So just sharing your, your different music tastes kind of lends itself to uh, creativity indirectly. Do you guys have any guilty pleasure, like, current pop songs that you listen to while you're on tour? Well, not that we listen to on tour. <laughs> I think we all have plenty of guilty pleasures. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like what? I try, I was trying to think, you know. Um, Rob Zombie. <laughs> uh, I like Rob Zombie a lot. <laughs> that's it's quite a dark, guilty pleasure there. Does, does Anthony have Bieber fever? I don't know. I'm not a believer. I'm, I'm not. But uh, well, that's that's the difference between you and me, sir. Um, uh, <laughs> now, David, I hear you chomping at the bit over there to ask the boys a question. Oh, I could I could sit here and steal your show with questions, but uh, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get in touch with the guys and uh, and have them uh, 
talk to me about maybe coming over on my show one of these days too. Uh, oh, you would, uh, you see. Yeah, well, hey, listen, at least I let them stay on your show. I didn't say, hey, come on, guys, let's go do our own show. <laughs> but we're, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll let you in on a little bit of an inside secret very quickly, very briefly here. Uh, there, My partner, John Bon Jovial, and I are working on a new, uh, on a potential new show. The idea of working with the indie artists on the show has become so popular it's grown exponentially over a very short period of time as a matter of fact that rockstar 101 segment on my show was originally supposed to be news and commentary and it just evolved very quickly into a uh, kind of a dear abbey of music and so we are working on a possible show which would be entirely in the artists and uh, this is a group that i would like to be in touch with for that as well but uh, I did actually have another question. Uh, you, you mentioned that uh, in your uh, in your blurb on your website, you mentioned that you use the studio as a songwriting tool. And I would, for our listeners, I would like to draw that out and have you expound on that a little bit more. How exactly you do that? What you do to use the studio as a songwriting tool? Yeah. Um... So basically, uh, from, from the beginning, we've we've always been about recording and kind of producing things ourselves. Uh, it helps in a couple ways. One, it gives you a lot more freedom and control over the whole process. You know, when you get you know, you, and then the second way is that it allows you to try a bunch of different ideas out. So, since there's so much you know input and material coming from each each of the different members, really like uh, we just had like a, a tough time making decisions on a lot of things. So we would. You know, our new approach is to record everything and record all these different ideas, and then be able to step back to a third-person perspective and listen to them, and then and then you know that kind of helps uh, make make some songwriting decisions when it comes to the arrangements and the orchestration and whatnot. Right, and because because we are you know kind of like so many different types of music, it's kind of hard to decide what style embellishments we want on top of just the core of the song, which is like you know the lyrics and the chords. So, I mean, you could play any kind of song, uh, like, you know, you could play it in a jazzy way. You could take it in a country approach. You could try to make it sound like pet sounds, like a Beach Boys record. I mean, there's a million different ways you can you can spin a certain, uh, just, like, you know, chords and lyrics. So what the studio's allowed to do is say, all right, well, we've got the core base of the song, but we don't really know exactly uh, which, you know, kind of version we want of the song, so we can create many different types of versions and then ultimately pick our favorite parts of each of those songs and kind of create something that's new and unique, but, you know, using elements of uh, everyone's individual vision. Right, right, right. And you guys have a new album out called Villa Borghese. Tell me a little bit about uh, the the new EP. Yeah, so um, that was an EP which we released, I believe, um, in November. So, um, that was that was like I guess our, our first formal release. We we had um, released a, a demo, uh, just a, mm-hmm. a self-titled demo. But um, this was I guess a, manifest, a manifestation of, of of the band as as a whole in terms of like recording and songwriting because our first demo was was really I guess uh, before Sam came on board. So that was a bit a bit different. Actually, it was quite different. So um, yeah, this was like this is the most up to date representation of our music. Um, of course, we have a lot more songs in the bank, and our, our next recording is probably going to be a uh, departure from that as well. 
But um, yeah, so anyone else wants to add, add anything to it? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it came out in uh, in November, and like what Zach said, what was what's really interesting is like we're on tour for this album right now, but it almost feels like that you know the album is old already because, yeah. because like we've had these songs for like two years, you know, so we have all this new material and we want to like put it out, but because the process of you know, recording takes a while and we're on tour supporting another album, uh, they, you kind of create this cue system of, of new songs and old. So um, yeah, I, I'm just really excited to get an even newer record out. I, I, I really respect songwriters that are prolific, so hopefully I think this group has the potential to be that and put out a lot of records. Right. And you guys have a video for the track Silver Spoon. Was this song inspired by the Ricky Schroeder sitcom of the 1980s? <laughs> no, it was not. Maybe, maybe on, on a more subconscious level. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, so, so yeah, we have a, a video out. Um, actually, we worked with um, two uh, great, great guys from um, Philly who really helped us whip up a, a fantastic production. But, um, yeah, that, I guess that song was was written. I was actually an older song that was kind of that was sitting around for a while, and it kind of came together um, a, a, a large part and due to the production. Um, actually, Gabe in, in particular, he he uh, mixed down that that album. But um, so uh, yeah, I guess I mean that song. Um, we we kind of used that more as uh, the the single in a way. I guess it was it was a bit more more on poppy nature, a bit jazzed out as well. But yeah, which we chose to. Uh, designate that as the uh, one for the video. Right. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm not sure if you've seen it yet or not. But. Well, I definitely want to make sure we break our listeners off with a little taste of your sound. So let's go ahead and play that song, uh, Silver Spoon oh. by Harmonic Blue, and we will be right back with Harmonic Blue. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. I gave you all.
can I can I grab the mic and I'm like, uh, like, all right, man, man, you gotta know what to do. And then he just like, just kind of. Yeah, it turned into this like, it was like Red Hot Chili Peppers meets like NWA. Yeah. With barbecue sauce on it. <laughs> with barbecue sauce. Okay. Um, your you guys, your bio says. Rising Star Quartet Harmonic Blue has labored hard to realize a vision of accessible songwriting delivered with instrumental virtuosity. Can you guys state that in a less pompous sounding way? Uh, <laughs> uh, Anthony. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So I think that Anthony actually actually wrote the bio himself. No, I didn't. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think that what what we're getting at is that. We want to be a group that that prides themselves on on playing instruments, you know. So I think uh-huh. that uh, we we just want to make sure that what we're bringing to the listener's ear is something that uh, we feel like we've pushed ourselves to to put out. So I think that's where we're getting getting at when we're saying virtuosity. I, I don't think we're actually well. I, I, yeah, I, I'm not trying to say that like any kind of music is better than anything else. But what I, I guess what I am saying is that we we like to uh, push ourselves in becoming the best musicians we can yeah. be, and hopefully create something that uh, the listeners can can feel that. And and also I think it, it kind of has to do with uh, bringing together the songwriting and the performance, because that's something which you don't always get, um, especially in a live setting, because it's kind of like that 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 extra something that that one may not expect when they're at a show. Like oh my god! Like you know, like, I I didn't know that Anthony was going to go up on this, this extended solo or whatever. And it's kind of it can be something something special that um, is, I guess is not necessarily understood or, or cared about as much in a, a studio setting. So um, kind of mm-hmm. like more exciting for the uh, listener. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, other sorry, like one last thing that I, that I also think contributes to that, um, which also ties into our influences, was. Uh, Sam's coming on to the group, you know, Zach, Anthony, and I all come from pretty, like, rock and pop background, but Sam is a a jazz uh, and academically trained drummer, so his addition to the group kind of gave it uh, a reminiscent feel to, like, Hendrix's, you know, Mitch Mitchell and the Hendrix Trio, or Stuart Copeland, or, you know, Jimmy Chamberlain and Smashing Pumpkins, where you've got this, like, jazz drumming presence in a rock uh, in a rock group that you know obviously you know we've been a group for two years now and and a lot of that has rubbed off on the three of us um, really getting more more into, into jazz uh, in that tradition as well. Yes. Well, I would be careful with all that because pushing yourself to put out that'll wind you up in the clinic. Am I right, David Bowers? <laughs> it could very well, but uh, I, I get the impression I get the impression that these guys. Are, are are doing it with their feel rather than any obsession to produce. It's a case of uh, they're they're drawing from what they feel and letting it kind of flow, and that's a good thing. It, if it comes naturally, it's a good thing. You guys um, organized your your tour yourselves, right? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. Uh, how do you do that without a manager? The manager suck, man. Just, all they do is they just promise you things and then, and then take your money. No, honestly, we're we're probably not big enough to really need a manager yet. And um, also, I feel like we all understand our, our our music more than a manager is, and so we can kind of convey to uh, various booking agents our sound and whatever. And obviously, we we care a lot more about us getting gigs than somebody else is going to promise that. 
Yeah, conversely, I think <laughs> on a little bit more positive note, what I'm, I'm more excited about is that the ability to learn by doing it ourselves. That way, we know, you know, if if a great manager does come around, we kind of know what it takes. We've already booked it to ourselves. We've been on the road. We've done it ourselves. So that's going to allow us, you know, in the future to really pick the right guy and and know what it uh, know what we expect of them. So really, it's just more of a learning process. I think before we ask someone else to do something for us, we should learn how to do it ourselves. Um, and then that way we can just be a little bit more seasoned and uh, one step closer to being a real professional, you know. Trust but verify. Right. <laughs> I like the way they think. <laughs> now, yeah, so when uh... – sorry, go ahead. You know, just, yeah, so like we, we, we kicked off our, our tour in, uh, in, uh, nor- in uh, I guess, North Carolina, and then we went to South Carolina, Tennessee, um, Chicago, so – uh, I guess with Chicago, that was our, our last show, but now we're off to the East Coast. We're, we're taking a quick break in Pennsylvania. But, yeah, just to give you a quick uh, snapshot of where we are. It's quite the traveling you're doing. Um, I, I read, uh, uh, Anthony, I read that you were talking about Zach's writing, and you said uh, you were talking about one of his song, one of your guys' songs. says that song has the feeling of, evaluating your life after a certain point where another year passed and you feel you didn't achieve your goals. It wears you down and you feel lonely, but I hope people realize there's always tomorrow. Now, that's heavy stuff. Uh, I find myself in that position every day. Do you guys find yourself in that uh, position a lot? Does it happen every year on New Year's Eve? Does it happen, you know, every now and then? Do you guys often feel that that way of you need to have accomplished more? Yeah, well, it's it's funny that Zach said earlier that um, that like you know these songs are kind of old. Like we we wrote that bastard since that was uh, Sturgeon Moon off. That was the last track on Villa Borghese, and um, mm-hmm. I think I was kind of writing what I was feeling at that point in time. Uh, I, I don't know. Right now, I feel like the group has has actually had a lot of momentum, so I can't relate to that tune as much right now, just because I feel like we're actually accomplishing a lot. Um, right. You know, getting on the road, playing in front of people. So, you know, I think the best, you know, that that is actually interesting because we don't really play that song live very much. And no. I think part of it is because um, none of us really feel that way, right, at this particular moment. I don't know, maybe two or three years from now we'll bring it back out and redo it in a different way. But, um, yeah, it's... It, I guess that yeah, that was just a sentiment that I was feeling at the moment when we wrote when we wrote the tune. Right. Mhm. Gotcha. Um, so, you guys, uh, I, there's another quote I see from Anthony here. I remember tracking guitars until five in the morning and walking out while the sun uh, was rising. Those are the moments that really stay with me. I hope people can hear and feel the culmination of those moments in our music. Uh, do you guys think that people can hear? your hard work in your music or, or hear um, that certain songs come about from this sort of, these sort of really special, unique places like that time at, that you were in the studio till 5 a.m.? Uh, I, I hope so. I mean, I think that uh, that's one of the goals of music is trying to create empathy. Or, you know, that's one thing that you can try to do with music. So, uh, you know, I hope that that gets translated um, and, you know, all I can do is just uh, just see me, I guess, and hopefully someone else uh, feels the same way I do about stuff. That's really what it's all about, in my opinion. Right. 
All right. Well, uh, David, anything else you want to say to the kids? Uh, just keep on doing what you're doing because I really like it. I think you've got a, uh, I think you've got a real good handle on it, and you're definitely going to go places. I do like the fact that they are learning the business. This is something that has come up several times in our discussions on my show. The fact that you've got to know more than your instrument and how to get up on stage and play it. You got to know the business because there's a reason it's called the music business. It's not a case of just singing your songs. You got to 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 do to be successful and to make a career out of it. You've got to learn all of the facets of the business, and I think those I, I think you guys are to be commended for doing just that. Oh, thank you so much, David. Appreciate that. And one um, other thing, be sure to get in touch with me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. What's your, what is what is your um show called again, David? The show is. The David Bowers Awards, and you can. I'll get in the. Uh, I'll sneak in a plug while Rye isn't listening here. Uh, my email is david <laughs> at thedavidbowers dot com. So you can drop me a line. We'll get in touch that way. Great. Cool. That sounds great. Great. David, you're going to be inundated with emails now. Now that you've given your personal email. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's that's my business email, and that's what it's there for is for people to contact me. And uh, I hear not only from uh, from artists. But I hear a lot from the fans, and uh, and that's a good thing because I like to know what they're thinking. You ain't never lie. Well, check them out at uh, harmonicbluemusic.com. Uh, also, follow them on Twitter at harmonicblue. Uh, tomorrow, they'll be at the Spot Underground in Providence, Rhode Island. June 13th, the Lily Pad in Boston, Massachusetts. June 14th, Connie's Rick Rack at Philadelphia. June 15th, Pianos right here in New York City. And June 29th, Rock and Roll Hotel in Washington, D.C. Thank you guys so much for coming on the program. Cool, thank you so much. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. Great meeting you Absolutely. guys. Okay. All right, that was Harmonic Blue. Check them out, harmonicbluemusic.com. Uh, David, they were just, you know, you could tell by the, the the twinkle that must have been in their eyes. Those were just little pups there. Yeah, and uh, they've got they've got a lot on the ball, a lot more than many uh, upcoming artists who've only been in the business two years. They uh, really yeah. thought about what they're doing, and they're dedicated to doing it, and I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so, uh, yeah, keep on doing what you're doing, boys. Um, don't be offended that I just called you pups because you're just younger than I am. <laughs> and I'm telling you. So uh, I want to talk about something you said before we uh, got on the, on the horn with them. You talked about how you went over on uh, your podcast uh, yesterday, and I think oftentimes, David, I'm – straddling the line between uh, internet radio show and podcast. And luckily this is a format where you can kind of do that and get away with it. But I think that's the beauty of the podcast is that you can have these really long conversations and they can be entertaining and, you know, people can listen without uh, getting bored and stuff. And it's like, um, I feel like everyone should do one because you have worst case scenario, as Kevin Smith says, you have a record of you and your friends talking about something and like, and anyone can do it. Anyone can have a conversation. And I think the art of podcasting is such a beautiful thing. And so what you said yes about going over yesterday, but being able to do that, that reminded me of that. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a wonderful thing. We are in the infancy of internet radio. Uh, we're where terrestrial or broadcast radio was probably back in the uh, 1920s. But uh, it's it's a wonderful time, even though it is, 
you know, there are screw-ups, there are technical hang-ups, the the technology isn't perfected. There's a lot of things. You know, it's like doing a uh, doing a show on a telephone. You don't have that what we use. You know, what we refer to as broadcast quality. There's a lot of little things, but the looking at the good side of it, you have the tremendous advantage of being able to do it in the first place, which is something you could never do. Uh, terrestrial radio has become corporate America. And uh, the average Joe will never get a chance to do his own show, podcast, or whatever. And with the with the internet radio, he can do that, or she. I don't mean to be uh, uh, sexist about it. He or she or they can do uh-huh. uh, their own show, podcast. And the really beautiful part of it. Now, I was in I was in terrestrial radio for you know for half a lifetime. And we were out there grabbing the biggest audiences we could. I remember my the last terrestrial radio job I had was in uh, Tampa, Florida, at uh, Q105, and we owned the market. We were the dominant station in the market. And, you know, there were times we had 40, 50, 60 percent of our target audience, which in a, in a market that size is, is phenomenal. And... Now, with terrestrial radio, okay, you don't dominate a market. You're not going to dominate a market like that, you know, unless you're going to constantly pay the money to get the big-name stars on. Because let's face it, even Leno and uh, the Jimmies and all of them, they don't get that kind of <laughs> dominance of their their audience. But what you do have, the the other side of the coin, the good side is, the audience that you do have is an audience that deliberately chose to listen to you. It's not that your background music and every now and then they hear a song that really turns them on or every now and then uh, the guy on the radio is able to, you know, he's allowed to have enough time to say something really clever or just accidentally does. Uh, He'd probably get called out the carpet if he does, but hey, it happens. But you have an audience with Internet radio that is deliberately listening to you. They want to listen to you because of what you do, what you say, who you have on the show, your your theme, whatever it is, whatever the reason is, they are there to listen to you. You're not Muzak. You are for that hour, hour and a half, or however long you're there, you are the focus of their attention. And to me, one person in that type of audience is worth thousands in just Muzak audience. And I'm not putting down you folks yeah. at Muzak. You have your place too, but... <laughs> You know, we're, you're not background. You are right. a you're you're a, an integral part of the moment for those people. David, I'm gonna. Uh, I think what you're saying is perfect. I'm gonna put that on pause for now. Uh, um, our our next guest is a talented hip hop artist who will blow you away. Her new album is called Climate Changes. Please welcome Breeze the Ruin. <laughs> How y'all doing? Good, Breeze, darling. How are you? We're fine, fine, fine over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you uh, were born in Brooklyn. You grew up in the Fort Greene Projects. That's not too far from where I am right now in Sunset Park. Tell me about uh, your childhood uh, growing up in Fort Greene. Childhood was pretty rough. Um, my mom, I was born into, like, a you know, Spanish family. I'm Puerto Rican and Panamanian. My mom was just very strict, so I didn't really have, like, a life. <laughs> I was always indoors unless I was going in, you know, 
back and forth from school and stuff, and, you know, there's just a lot of gun violence and, you know, drug dealing. It was a crazy childhood. Yeah, it <laughs> sounds noise like in the it. background, too. So. <laughs> oh, no problem. Um, so uh, did you do you think that uh, having had this rough childhood, that that made you um, a stronger artist musically? Yes, I do believe so. I mean, I was around a lot of, um, you know, the older crowd, and, you know, they taught me a lot of things. And that's those are the people who really kind of encouraged me to do music. And it really, you know, I really made a turnaround with that because music has always been my life, but I never really wanted to do it until just recently, you know, just looking oh, back really? at the times. Yeah, it was it was one of those things that I, I was very talented at doing it, but it was I wasn't sure if that was something that I really wanted to do, you know. Then I had to, you know, look back at the times when I had, you know, the guys, the older guys in front of the building, you know, just out there rhyming, freestyling, and I was, you know, impressed. I wanted to do the same thing. So. And would you go out there and, and freestyle with them, or are you more of a writer? I I wouldn't. I was uh, – <laughs> I would just watch them from the window, you know. Like I said, my my mom was very strict, so we were always indoors, like me and my siblings, always indoors. So I would watch them from the window. I lived on the first floor, and they would be right in front of the building. And it was exciting to watch, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and you now, in this short time, you're you're already known for your deep, thought-provoking lyrics. Do you, Breeze, do you always try to say something special in your lyrics? Yeah, I tried to bring back, you know, the history of me growing up. You know, um, people say it's a little rough, and I need to tone it down a bit, but, you know, I have to bring back the reality of, you know, my upcoming, my upbringing, because that's how it is. That's, you know, what made me who I am today. Right. David Bowers, I hear you chomping at the bit over there. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pleasure to meet and talk with you. I, I'm, I wanted to ask you one question that I asked uh, a uh, an up-and-coming artist that I had on my show yesterday. He's been in the business uh, professionally for a couple of years. And you talked about what you heard, what it made you want to do. What made you think that you could do it? Um, I think it was a lot of my outside influences. You know, um, just listening to a lot of, you know, the upcomers and, and, and studying the music. You know, I was just like, you know, I could do the same thing, especially a lot, for my opinion, you know, there's not many out there that's that talented that are on right now. And I'm saying, you know, I could do that, you know. I have a lot of talent. I'm a writer. You know, I could sing a bit. I write, you know, pop and R&B music as well. So I, I kind of have an ear for music. So it's like, you know what? I can't let talent go to waste. So That's a good thought. That's a strong thought right there. You know. And do you play instruments as well? I I try playing the piano. I I don't play them, you know. When people say, do mm-hmm. you play them? You know, I practice on them. You know, I try to uh-huh. self-teach myself, you know, how to, you know, the different sounds and things like that. Because that's how I learn how to do it. But, no, I'm getting there, though. I'm trying to start with the piano because I think it's the, the easiest instrument to work on. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm working on that. That's a good that's a good start starting point. Uh your bio <laughs> says that you push the envelope of your limits. How do you how do you do that? Pushing the envelope. Like at first I was so stuck in a box. 
you know, and I was just stuck in my shell that I didn't want to really come out and, and do anything to where people would critique me to the point where it discourages me and I wouldn't want to do it no more. So, you know, it mm-hmm. came to a point in time where I was just like, you know what, let me just be myself, open up, and do what I do because, you know, at the end of the day, it's a win or lose thing. And if you don't push hard, you're not going to win. So go hard, go for it. Yep, go big or go. What's the what's the phrase again, David? Go big or go to the to home. Go home. What is it? <laughs> go home. Go big. Or oh go yeah, home. go. Go hard or go That's home. It. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and you, it's said that you channel the great MCs of the past to have greatly influenced your style. Who are your biggest influences, Bruce? Well, I have to take it back to the struggle because that's where the mu- music originated from, and I look up to people like Jay Z, Biggie, Pop, even Lauryn Hill, and um, because they talked about the struggle. You can't forget about it. It's there. That's where you come from. You know, that's where I come from. So they were a great influence in, in my life and in my career now. You know. Yeah, and are you? St- do you still live in Brooklyn? Well, I live in Lower Manhattan at the moment. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Lower Manhattan. Moving, moving on up then. Mhm. <laughs> I guess so. Trying, trying um, to move on up, way up. <laughs> <laughs> your uh, your bio also says that you take us back to the golden age of hip hop while my, my, uh, maintaining a modern tonality. Uh, how do you do that? Well. <clears throat> Like I said, one of the things that I do is I, you know, I came out of my shell. So that was mm-hmm. the one thing I had to do. And, you know, still try to keep it up to date because people, I noticed that a lot of people don't want to hear the music of them. They they like the news that they want to um, be stuck in, you know, the surreal life. So sometimes I have to bring that into the music, you know what I mean, while mixing it up yeah. with, you know, the struggle and everything that, you know, I grew up from. Okay. Uh, tell nice. us a little bit about your uh, your new song, uh, You Don't Have to Rush, and we'll play it, and then we'll come back with you. Tell me a little bit about that song. Oh, You Don't Have to Rush. I wrote that song, I believe I was in Long Island. Um, it was featured uh, my my brother from another mother of uh, Bronx Shells. Actually, his, it was supposed to be my song. I let him put, him put it on his album. So there's a little confusion with that. But, you know... Mm-hmm. It's just a song about, you know, meeting that guy and, and just taking things slow so you get to the next level and whatnot. All right. <laughs> so here she is. You don't have to rush. It's Breeze. Uh, we will be right back with Breeze the Realist. Thanks, guys. Uh, Breeze is a rapper. <laughs> You don't have to rush, we can take it slow Close your eyes, I'll take you wherever you want to go The moment feels so bad, you're beautiful that night You wake up every morning, it's a free one night We can get it
relax and watch me set the mood. Them the lights make plans with two. It's only right that me and you get physical. You ready, boom, my tongue twist, your toes grip. You tell me it's incredible. I fight bit, I won't put she whispers, can't get enough of it. She scratch me up, then bite my lips. She dips it low and slide the stick. She rises up, I suck her tips. I slip around and then a quick up pussy drip. Your boy is stiff, I mash it up like a potato kid. I'm in love with this shit, so I gave her action to everything. You don't have to rush, we can say it so Close your eyes, I'll take you wherever you wanna go The home is just so wide, the beautiful that lies The way the baby boy may go to you one time We can get it easy, without the window glass getting device. 
and uh, I, I think I think that the uh, the the whatever was explicit in this was was subtle enough. It wasn't the case of hey, I'm going to use this to get your attention because I don't have confidence in my song. So you know we're going to get attention however we can, and that's good. Plus the fact that it's musical, as you pointed out. There's a tonality in the music, and, and that I like, because the bottom line, no matter what genre it is, whether it's uh, rap, hip-hop, uh, pop, blues, whatever, it bottom line is, it's music. And if we forget that we're making music, then we have just lost the, you know, we've lost the whole concept, and I, that's what I like yeah. about this. It is musical. And the bottom line, whether you know how to play an instrument or not, I mean, you look at some of the greats, and you can go back to, uh, I, I hearken back to Steve Allen, who was a multi-talented person. I mean, he, he introduced the Tonight Show format on one hand, and he wrote show tunes on the other hand. He couldn't read a note of music. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it doesn't matter that you can't. The fact that you're trying to learn, that's good. That's to your credit, because even if you don't master the instrument, you will learn more about music for trying, and, and that's important because that's going to help you express yourself through music. So, yeah, I really like what she's doing here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Definitely. And, Breeze, it's almost like you were just hearing that for the first time. You don't remember it being that provocative, that song? Yeah, it's, it's been a long time since I've recorded that. So, you know, just hearing it again, it's like, wow, I, I remember writing that in the studio, even coming up with the idea and the hook and things like that. And, you know, it was it was, it was a back and forth thing because the, um, it was supposed to be my song. And then, you know, I gave it to my brother so he could put it on his album because he was coming out with his album first. So we had a lot of fun, you know, just creating it in the studio, you know, had a great time. So. You know, music comes from having a great time, I believe. You know, that's what oh, I feel. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And you, uh, your bio says that you're part of a new era of female MCs destined to take the world by storm. Who who else do you think is coming up with you? Um, I can't really say. And I'm saying that honestly because, and I mean, I've listened to a, a, a lot of the artists, um, not much of it. But I've been trying to stay very focused on what I'm doing. Um, I have got some good advice, you know, from someone in the music industry. And, you know, they pretty much was telling me, you know, if you want to make great music and continue to make great music, stay away from the radio. And I took that – I didn't take that lightly, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. um, not that I, you know, stay away from it entirely, but I try to focus more on my craft and so that I won't, you know, sound – like anyone else, pretty much, you know. Right. But I know I'm definitely coming, so expect me. Every woman for herself. And how did you get the name Breeze the Realist? <laughs> it's, pretty, it's a real long story, um, but I'll make it brief. You know, um, growing up, like I said, I had a little rough childhood, and, um, you know, I had some influences. And I kind of used to, you know, do some illegal things. And, you know, not not much people knew about what I was doing. So, you know, one of the guys, the older guys, you know, gave me that name, Breeze. You know, because I was, like, kind of twist on my feet, the way I moved. You know, it's like I, was, I, I went unnoticed. And so it stuck with me since then. It's like I, I got that name around, you know, when I was, like, about 13. 13, mm -hmm. 
So, yeah. And then the, the realist is just because you're the realist? Yeah, um, that's another name given to me. I was just always so blunt, and people respected that about me, that I, I didn't care about anything at one point in time. I mean, I care a lot about things now, but then growing up, I was like, you know, I was like a rebel. I, I didn't care about nothing, pretty much, mm-hmm. and, and I always spoke my mind. Even in the music, if you listen to any other the other music, you can tell. Like, I, I just say what I need to say. That becomes the mind. I put it on paper, right, right. and and people can relate, especially those who have to go through the struggle as well as myself. So, yeah. Sure. Well, now that uh, David Bowers has dated us back beyond Jack Parr even, I think it's time to get a little more current and uh, play Hot or Hot Mess. Uh, it's a game where I give you, Breeze, a list of things, and you tell me if they're hot or a hot mess. Here we go. All right. Uh, first up on Hot or Hot Mess for Breeze Gorillas, Nicki Minaj. Is she hot or a hot mess? Um, she's in between. It's hard to say. I, I don't really like her music personally, but I, I believe that she has great character and she's come out of her shell. So that has to be respected, you know what I mean? But lyrically, mm-hmm. I don't find like that the, the music that she's um, creating is is the thing. You know what I mean? She, she, yeah. It's just bubblegum all the way. It's it's not even like a little bubblegum. It's just like all the way bubblegum. So I, <laughs> I don't, um, <laughs> I'm just being real. <laughs> It is what it is. So All right, so yeah. we'll call her a, what, a hot, hot mess? Um, We can call her a hot, hot mess. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Next up, a hot or hot mess. Justin Bieber, hot or hot mess? People will probably hate me for this, but I, I'd say he's hot. In okay. a sense, um, yeah, I, I think he, he has it. You know what I mean? He's, he's so young, but yet. He has so much great things going for him right now. The music, I catch myself singing it. You know, it's good music when I listen to the lyrics. So he's, I don't know about his personal life and relationship-wise and all these things, but, you know, when it comes to music, he's pretty dope. Interesting. You like Nicki Minaj for the, the, the chutzpah and Justin Bieber for the music. I don't know if that would be most people's opinion. <laughs> well, that's just my opinion, right? <laughs> so, how about, yeah, remember you uh, asked her for her opinion, not how she, not what she thinks other people thought. So. No, absolutely. I want her because I mean, I love Bieber. I love Bieber too. So, next up is uh, Little Wayne, hot or hot mess? Hot mess. <laughs> All right, why? <laughs> and I say that um, I know that uh, the music is. A lot of uh, a lot of the uh, industry cats, you know, there's a trend. You know, they, they pick up a lot of their their styles and things from from other people before us. He's true. Everybody, you know, takes a little bit. But at the end of the day, I think he's just like such a copycat that is like ridiculous. <laughs> he's just like a copycat. Who do you think he's co- Who's he copying? Um, I believe that <clears throat> there's a number of people. I I, I like old Wayne. I don't want to say okay. who I think he's copycatting, but right. I like the old Wayne. You know, like the black is hot and things like that. Those, those are the good old days. The Wayne, <laughs> you like new that. Wayne is like. Wayne, I miss my dog. You like that Wayne. 
<laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So, uh-huh. these um, days, Wayne about... done, done went off the ledge. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking all that scissor is a problem. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, next, next up on Hot or Hot Mess, Rick Ross. Hot or Hot Mess? Rick Ross. Um, I like Rick Ross. Um, I, I like Rick Ross for a number of reasons because he's confident. Um, what I don't like about him <laughs> is that he's not the real Rick Ross. He, he's not yeah. the Rick Ross that he's trying mm-hmm. to, you know, portray himself as. You know what I mean? But he's I still cool. I am so glad you said that. Because he is not the real Rick Ross. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nope. Because we all, you know, we all want to be that, that person. You know, mm-hmm. but can't you can't be it unless you've actually lived it. Been there and done yeah. that. My man's you know? a corrections officer, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Shots fired, right? <laughs> you got um, to be real on. with it. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> what about, uh, we'll do two more and then we'll stop. Chris Brown, how about oh. that? I like Chris Brown. Not only does he make great music, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's a great singer. He's also a very good lyricist. I've, I've heard, you know, a couple of joints he's, he's done, you know. He's just he he seems like he has great character. I don't know him personally, but from what he shows and his performances and things like that, you know, him smacking Rihanna, I believe she might have deserved that. You know, as women sometimes, you know, ask for those things. But he seems to be very dope. So I, I say he's hot. <laughs> you think that she? You think she smacked him first? Um, women. I'm gonna say this like uh. I tend to do things like that myself, which <laughs> could get me smacked uh-huh. too. So she might have done something that, you know, caused him to smack her. Uh, oh, Lord. Or punch her. Or, you know what I mean? We're I don't believe that um, a man should hit a woman. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll do one last one. Uh, Pitbull, hot or hot mess? <laughs> you know what I respect about Pitbull? I don't know how What's he's, uh, you know, He's um, found his niche, and you know, but at the, I think he should have stuck more to his uh, Hispanic roots, and, you know. But that's just my opinion. He reminds me of Flow Rider, you know, okay. too much. But I think he's a hot mess. <laughs> Pitbull's niche <laughs> has just become getting talented people to sing on songs with him that he appears on. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm not really a fan. Really <laughs> All right. Fan. That's Hot or Hot Mess with Breeze the Realist. Now, Breeze, where can people go on the Internet to check out your stuff? Well, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, you know, Twitter, all the social media sites. You can find me, Breeze the Realist. That's D-R-I-L-E-S-T, Breeze the Realist. And just holler at me, send me a tweet, you know, like my fan page on Facebook. Yeah, just look for me. My web page will be oh. up soon, so breathetherealist.com. Oh. <laughs> All right, we'll look for that soon. David Bowers, anything else you want to say to the young lady? Just keep doing what you're doing. And I know I noticed you had mentioned in one of your uh, in one of your blurbs that uh, you are uh, 
because of the the fact that you're a uh, you're a mom and you're also working that you're not really pushing to go out and run into the contact you're waiting you're, you know you're waiting for them to find you keep in mind the most important thing that any artist can do mm-hmm. is get exposure and that yeah. means playing any place anywhere you possibly can to get where you're going and sometimes sometimes it's a little bit of a dry road but you you won't get noticed if you're not out there being noticed and the best way to do that is you just play every chance you get. Great. Thank you. I appreciate that advice. Thank you. <laughs> Breathe the realist. Thank you so much for coming on the program. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you. All right. Take care. Well, have a good thank night. Thank you for having me. All right. Good night. Absolutely. Good night. Good night. All right. That was Breathe the realist. Uh, so, David, before we, we end, we uh, Breathe mentioned, I mentioned the rapper during Hot or Hot Mess, Rick Ross, to her. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but the rapper Rick Ross, he's that big fat fuck who uh, is, uh, stole the name from uh, Freeway Ricky Ross. Now, Freeway Ricky Ross um, practically invented crack cocaine, and he was the quintessential American gangster. Uh, it caused much detriment to his uh, inner-city American community. Um, and uh, we had him on the show, the Freeway Ricky Ross, recently. Uh, he was released from jail in 2009. But if you want a real, like, uh, if you want to hear my Barbara Walters moment, David Bowers, you should listen to that. Sure. Episode. Absolutely. <laughs> Lay it on me. <laughs> All right. Um, but what she was saying was that, you know, Rick Ross, the rapper, parades around as if he's a gangster, but he was really a corrections officer, whereas his name is really William Roberts, whereas the, the real Rick Ross, Freeway Ricky Ross, he, I mean, he was the subject of episode two of American Gangster on BET, only second to Tookie Williams. So, uh, you know, one one is fronting and the other is the, <laughs> the real deal. Not that that's, not that I'm encouraging that, but if you're going to say something, you. then you know, if you're going to talk about it, be about it, right? Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you were mentioning uh, podcasts earlier. We talked about uh, how. Uh, how, how people, when they listen to it, they're devoted to, to you. And there are things, I'll listen to, to podcasts where, say, I really like the director, Kevin Smith, and he has this whole Smodcast network, Smodco Internet Radio Network. And I'll listen to a bunch of stuff on his network, and some, it'll be about stuff I have no interest in, like comic books. But because I like the guy and I like listening to it, I become fully invested in it. I, I, I love that we're in kind of the golden era of podcasts right now. Exactly, and that, that's my point. And when when you can actually do what you have just said, they, this guy has done to you, you have you've achieved something. You know, you have really yeah. you've reached out. When you can get someone to listen to you, even when they're not interested in the subject that you're talking about, you have you have really created something. You've taken your personality and your interests, and you have communicated that to someone in such a way that they respect you and want to hear more from you. Exactly. Speaking of hearing more from us, uh, tune in to Blazing Ride Backstage, our new uh, show. This show's a lot of fun, but, David, how much how much fun was doing that, that backstage program two weeks ago? Oh, that was a blast. I always... I always have a good time when I come on your show, and it's always a pleasure being here. Sometimes we forget oh. to get my free plugs in, but other than that, you know, it's usually cool. <laughs> it is. It <laughs> and is what I really like entirely. about it, 
what I really love about it is you never give me any warning. You always call me two hours before showtime and say, hey, I need somebody to co-host tonight. And, you know, normally I would get offended and say, yeah, right, what, you went through the entire Bronx uh, telephone directory and couldn't get anybody, so you're going to call me, right? But, you see, I know you, and I know that I just enjoy getting under your skin. <laughs> what a terrible thing to say. But I, I really, you, were, you were my go-to guy tonight, David. So uh, ain't no going through no Bronx phone book or nothing, uh, although I believe my usual co-host is in the Bronx at a hospital right now and is working there, and I said nothing's wrong. Um, but, oh, oh, well, that's but, good you know. to hear, Ed. Uh, seriously, uh, you know, I would never admit it. I'd never admit this to you to your face, but I do enjoy coming on your show, and uh, that's why I rarely will uh, I will rarely turn down the opportunity to be on your show. I think the only time, there was only one time you asked me, and I couldn't because I had something else going on that night or something, but uh, I, I do enjoy it. Uh, the New York people, hey, they're my people. I may be from upstate, but, hey, we're still kinfolk, and the New York people are my people. And I do enjoy being on your show. You treat me cool, and I'm going to have you over on my show one of these days. Uh, we've got a. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get my free plug in right now. Yeah, what's, what's coming up for your show? I've got something next month that I am really, really proud and happy about. We're going to do an oldie show. And we're going to go back to the roots of rock and roll. Not not way back. I don't want to go so far back we can't get living people down the show. But uh, Not to the Steve have, Allen days. <laughs> really? Yeah, just about. We have got yeah. right now, and I'm not saying this is the entire thing. There may be some surprises along the way. But right now we have uh, several groups that have original members still with them. We have the Mystics who have two of the original members, including George Galfo, who is a founding member, uh, are in the group. They're going to be on the show. We're going to have the Crests. We've got the Coasters. We've got Jimmy Clanton, the original Louisiana lover. Jimmy Clanton is going to be on the show. And uh, Diamond Dave Somerville, who was the lead singer of the Diamonds when they did the Stroll and Little Darlin', he went on to be with some other groups that you'll recognize the name from the 50s and 60s and has a fantastic CD, DVD set out where he does, he, he and his group now do some of the songs from back in the 50s and 60s of these artists with whom he traveled on the buses. If you remember back in those days, uh, didn't do a lot of flying. Everything was by bus, and sometimes you lived on buses for weeks or months at a time. And he traveled with all of the big names back then, the Everleys and uh, Ike and Tina Turner, Little Richard, Buddy Holly, and he has got some amazing stories, and he also does the music to them too. So he is a great person to talk to and a great gentleman. Uh, so that's who we know is going to be on the show right now. As I said, there may be some other surprises, but we've got the Crests, the Mystics, the Coasters, Jimmy Clanton, uh, Diamond Dave is going to be on there. Uh, I've got a, a DJ from uh, from Oldies Plus Radio, Internet Radio, who is going to stop in and say hello, too. It should be a, a lot of fun uh, reliving those thrilling days of yesteryear. Well, we will all be listening. It sounds like you have a lot of exciting stuff coming up, so check it out at the uh, David Bowers Awards on Facebook and subscribe on the iTunes. And Blog Talk Radio, and I should mention, I said everything except the date. It's going to be a 4th of July weekend special. It's going to be Sunday afternoon, July 7th, 
2 o'clock to 4 o'clock or longer on Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> there you go. There is the David Bowers. Um, by the way, I remember the one time that you couldn't, uh, you couldn't help me out that one time, and I remember you said, I don't like letting you down, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that, and I appreciate you coming on uh, you know, with such short notice uh, tonight. So thank you very much, David. My pleasure. Thank you. Best to you and all your crew, uh, your guy that had to work tonight. Thank him for giving me a chance to come out and say hello to my New York people and to all it's your her. listeners as well. You don't well. want to be sexist, remember? It's a her. Oh, excuse me. I didn't realize. Please forgive me. <laughs> you're thinking of the other sh- You're thinking of the backstage show. Yeah, but, well, you you know, you do get confused going from one show to another. <laughs> And I can like that so day, uh, easily. <laughs> that, that day that Barack Obama kept calling Matt Lauer Tim. It's like that. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> All right, Tim. Um, but I tell you what, uh, I can think of no better way of ending the show than by saying if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. Hit the brakes, Florence. And if you have a Barbie doll, bend her backwards, strip her off those clothes, burn her knuckles on the stove, and leave her in some drawers somewhere. Good night, everybody. Good night, David. Good night, Ryan. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.